here's my thing. Fabio should sound like that beat, the way that beat is built. It sounded like almost Hit Boy made a beat for Fabio, and he just kind of, you know, did some random bullshit on it. And I was just like, okay, cool. Hit Boy's making this shit for me. We're going to take this and make this into a Nas song. And Nas went in there and actually did good, like much better than Fivio did. Fivio's verse is trash. Like, but would but but would you expect Nas to actually come down to Fivio's level or even ASAP Ferg's level of rapping? I'm not. No. Expecting, I'm expecting. All right, I know Fivio's not the best rapper ever, but he should sound better than that on that type of beat. Yeah. But do you think? So do you? Let's be honest, yo. Like the dudes, like he's an older guy, right? He's older than us, right? Okay. This is the only, and when you look at the, if, if apparently like they showed like some stuff from like some of his old music, it's all the same relevancy, right? Okay. I don't, ex- I don't look at him and be like, yo, he got to kill this. Like it, it'd be I'm like saying, saying like, okay, that, like it'd be like saying, okay, we know Chief Keef got just came out with a new song, right? Right. If you put Chief Keef on a song with Kendrick Lamar, and let's say Schoolboy Q. I don't think that song is going to come out at like I don't see me saying yo, this like like he like Chief Keith just gave us like one of his best verses. I I'm be honest with you, I think his verse ain't going to sound that great. So look, Rory, that's that's a good example because Chief Keith has been on songs with people who are like credible artists and not sounded terrible, not sounded right. terrible. You know what I mean? So it's like I'm not. But what saying- was your reception of his music at that time? Acts loud. Like, I've never been a big fan of Chief Keef. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so it's like, for me, I'm not expecting yeah, a lot right. from him. No, like, it's just, just the way it is. I don't really expect a lot from him, but he did enough to say that I don't hate his verse. I hate that verse. That verse is not good at all. I listen to it and I laugh because it's so bad. Listen, it's not a great verse, but I it's like bad. To, <laughs> it's bad. It's not a great it's not a great verse, but I also know like yo, it's it's who he is. Like bad. Like he I mean, he's not the artist that I think I don't look at him and think of like this top this top billing artist. Trash. Like nah. Like, I mean, to me, he's not he's I put it like this. He just make lit music. That's it. He just try to make lit music. That's it. That's all it is. If you want to say lit is club music, so on and so forth. I'm quite sure people that were like older when Crime Mob came out said Crime Mob is trash. Like See, I'm quite, and I'm quite I sure that's the case. I don't I'm quite agree sure with that's that, the though. case. How can you not? If, because that'd because be like, look, that'd be like putting someone right. like Lil Scrappy on a song with Jay Z and Nas at that time, right? You do not expect, and Lil Scrappy, I think he can rap, right? But you don't expect the level of of artistry to come from him that you expect from a Nas or a Jay-Z. And the same goes for Favi. I don't listen to Favio thinking, yo, Favi about to kill this. Favio's okay. about to kill th- He's okay, Oh, he okay. on the song with Nas and Nas and uh, ASAP Ferg. I know what he about to do. No. Okay, that's no fine. That's, that. that's fine. That's fine. I don't expect him to kill it. I just don't expect him to sound like trash. As far as like people making lit music and, you know, like not expecting a lot from them, that's, there's a thing to be said about that. But not everybody who makes lit music will make trash fucking verses. You know what I mean? Pop Smoke made similar music, and he was he actually was a decent artist and would get on songs and actually do well. If I heard him on that song, I would expect him to at least do enough to be like, okay, that was cool. I like that verse is is really bad. That verse is really bad. It's it's a bad verse. You know what I mean? That's that's all I'm saying. Like it's 
it's one thing to not have a high expectations for somebody and they succeed in not meeting your high expectations. It's another thing when you put out something that's really bad. So like when you listen to his music, right? Yeah. What's the difference between what you heard from Fabio on this song with Nas and the songs that he has out? Like in terms of artistry, do you think the the lyrical ability, I guess we, we would be using in this in for lack of better terms, is superior in comparison to what he put out in his other music? No, it's it's not even that though, because I listened to one of his projects before and it's not I'm not expecting some like lyrical, spiritual, like blow me out of the water. I, I, I know that I'm saying I'm comparing what you've heard of his that he's put out and created in comparison to the verse that you heard. Is there is, is there a substantial difference in between the two verses? Not hooks that most of these artists be trying to use, not the when you strip away the dancing and you just listen to the song, not the video. Here here's what I'll say in comparison to what I've heard. In, in the past from him, like w- with the one project he has out um, that he put out recently and the verse that he had on Drake's album, at least he sounded like he was trying. Who's to say he's not trying on that? It's just, it you just match like it to me. Does it, does he not sound like he's trying because he's matched up against some people that are just that much more superior to him at rapping? No, <laughs> like he's, he's he doesn't sound like he's trying because he sounds bad. He says like a few, he says, I mean, honestly, his verse isn't even that long. He's like, da 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 yeah, da 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 yeah, da 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 Hey, hey, hey. That's Fabio for right But now. listen to his yeah. like recent project and tell me but that's like, how he sounds on all his music. Nah, yeah. He sounds better on every other song that I've heard from him than that verse. You can't I think listen, tell me he doesn't, yeah. He, the way he, he sounds raps, the same for the most part to me. I, I think mean, the only difference is he just put up against some people that actually can rap. That's it. I, I, well, I might think you agree to disagree. Got well, well, here's my take on it, right? I think he was actually trying, right? I don't think that he was a trying. I think he was actually trying. What you heard was the best that you'll ever hear from him because he'll go back to his bullet point style, style rapping. Like, and but with that being said, I think the verse does, is still bad verse. You know, I think that he tried his best. He was, you right. know, he wrote that verse out. He thought like this is going to be the hardest verse I ever wrote. I'm with one of the goats. I'm with Ferg. This is the best shit ever. You know, and he did try. He tried with all his might, you know, and just the verse just still turned out bad because he's just not a good fucking rapper. Here's my thing, right? Like, Chief Keef, like, isn't isn't the the best rapper ever, right? But, you know, he's put out good music here and there. Listen to Tony Hawk and tell me if that song is a good song. You know what I mean? Tell me, tell me if you think, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's something to be said about putting out some, you know, hype shit. And then there's something for, to be said about having, like, a bad song and everybody every artist has a bad song or a bad verse so you know nobody's exempt but that was just really bad for him that's all i'm saying it was just really bad mm. i i didn't enjoy it at all it's and i agree with you it's not the it's not the greatest verse like i'll be honest favio is not someone i'm playing like and it's not a knock at what he does it's just not my style of music right it's not my cup of tea and i go with what lao said he probably was trying his best, but you got to realize you could try your best at no matter what you do. But if you're putting up against, if your opponent is someone that's just out, can outclass you, 
And Fabio know that just like anybody else in that, in that studio knew that. They just know that's what he's going to do. Like, he's going to do his best, but he just understands, hey, I can't do as well as other people on this. And that's why I think most people listening to it is just like, you don't like his verse, but you don't like his verse partially because it's not that great. Because he steps into... Just like the rest of his music. His music, all, all his music sounds the same. When I heard, I've listened to that verse a couple of times. I don't hear anything different than like, excuse me, anything else he does. That's my whole, that's my biggest thing about it. Like right. the music is, the music is bad. We can all, we all agree there. It's not that great. But to me, the music is not that great, but it just doesn't sound that great because it's stuck between, it's pinned between Nas and ASAP Ferg. My, my expectations weren't high. His verse is bad. And that, that's really it. Listen, verse is, verse is bad, but it don't sound like anything that's different than what I've heard before. All right. And listen, the, the rest of his music, it goes up. It's just, listen, man, I, don't, I put it like this. I don't see Fabio. And granted, I could be wrong. Maybe years down the line, Fabio could be like, you know what? I heard the boys at the Holly Advised podcast <laughs> and my verse wasn't good. And I, I heard it, and I knew I had to step my bars up. And when I stepped my bars up, I came back. I told Nas, I told Ferg, "Hey, let's do something on my album." And I and I smoked them just because Nas was said it was bad. You never know; that could happen. I'm on his You never know. Hey, Flocka knew he was a bad rapper. Yeah, but you know something? Flocka knew he was bad. He yeah, was he bad. He did step it up. But even when he was bad, he he made a bunch of music that we love to listen to. Yeah, sure. that's true. I can't Very say the same true. for Fivey. <laughs> yeah, yo, <laughs> he could just be like the Waka Flock of this era. That's all. And, no, in the regard, in, in the regards to the lack of lyrical ability, let's put it like that. Because I'm not, I will not match it up to the the Hall of Fame streak Waka Flock I had when he had when he had a run. Waka Flock I had a run. So I'll I'll put it like I I definitely can agree there. But at the same time, Waka Flock knew yo. I just started rapping because Gucci went to jail. Fabio like, yo, listen, I'm just putting out the music that I know that pops. Will he be around for long? Who knows? Oh, man. I mean, well, I guess people probably been listening now probably thinking what we've been talking about. Well, y'all probably know. But, uh, yeah, let's, I guess let's start the show. Yo, what's going on, everybody? You checking in right now. This is the Highly Advised Podcast. You checking in with me, Spence, Lau, and Nigel. This is episode 24. Fellas, say what's up. Yo, 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 it's your boy, Big Cozy, Too Cozy, a.k.a. Lau, a.k.a. The Bad Guy, a.k.a. Don Pablo El Chapo. Let's go. Let's get it. How's everybody doing? What's going on, y'all? This is Nigel, uh, relaxing Jackson. How do you have a build-up like that? And it just, it's just like, yo, so how's everybody doing? This is, this is Nigel. Uh, we're here to bring y'all another good show. This is episode 24. Episode yep. 24, we, we're keeping up the streak. It's all gone, kind of feeling like The Undertaker, you know what I mean? Keeping the streak alive, feel me? Vente Quattro. I hope I said yeah. that correctly. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, you did. Vente, vente Quattro. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so, uh, I mean, well, everybody knows we've been probably talking for a minute based off this little pre-production, but um, what's been going on with you guys this week? I mean, we, I mean, the the week ended on a, a a more somber note, unfortunately. But uh, how you guys been? How you guys been doing for the whole week? Uh bit. I can't complain. It, it was a solid week. No complaints at all. 
everybody healthfully, hopefully, and uh, everything's good uh, from my end. Nothing too dramatic, too drastic, or nothing bad. Same here, man. Go ahead. Um, you know, I'm I'm here. I'm stressed, but I'm striving. You know what I mean? Like, you know, th- things are a little. It's been a, it's been a roller coaster of a of a year. You know what I mean? But I'm here with y'all, talking with my friends, and you know, talking about uh different verses. Not trying to shit on people, but you know, expressing my feelings about the music. Shit on people. Oh, a little bit, a little bit, but not not over. His verse is not good. It's a bad song. He's trash. That's all. That's all we were getting from you prior to pressing record. So. It had veins popping out your head and everything. Nah, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa. We're, I'm not like the dude we're about to talk about. <laughs> oh, later, uh, later. We're, we're saving yeah, that one. Later. Yeah. I actually been watching like a bunch, bunch of interviews actually, and I saw an interview with Akon where he was talking about um, building like his own city on Vlad, right? And it was like it was like one of the dopest things seeing, and it was a little, it was a little sad only because. He had the inspiration prior to Black Panther, but once Black Panther came, he he really modeled a lot of what he wanted for the city to be based off what Wakanda is, right? Because of like the representation it had. And it was kind of sad. It was a great interview because I actually watched this like probably Friday morning. And later that night, I ended up falling asleep early, woke up at like two, three o'clock in the morning. And then I see... I get the bad news that Chadwick, uh, Chadwick had died, right? And I think it was like 43 years old or something like that from colon cancer. Like, I saw that shit, man, and I was just like, yo, this is beyond depressing. And only beyond depressing just because of, uh, I think most people did, no one knew, apparently. According to Spike Lee, no one knew what he was dealing with throughout the, his duration of his whole career. Granted, this was something that happened, I think, four or six years ago. He's been diagnosed, surgeries, and so on and so forth. No one ever knew. So it was just, it was a sad situation seeing how someone's building a city and they're basing it off of a city that a fictional character created. Like, there's a lot of power in that, for one, right? And just seeing, like, what Chadwick's done over his career and saying, like, yo, fam, for someone to be that impactful, because like, I'm not sure if y'all know, but, like, a lot of the characters that he's done are like a lot of inspirational characters from Jackie Robertson to um, Thurgood Marshall, James, James Brown, Brown, and and even like um, the Black Panther. Like all of these characters hold some f- prominence within our history. Even the fictional character of like uh, of a Marvel character such as Black Panther, just because it it broke boundaries in terms of what we can do outside of just well outside of just what they've always put actors of other culture of minorities in a box of saying like hey you only can reach a certain demographic something kevin hart's touched on and so on and so forth like black panther blew all of that shit out the water yeah and it's probably one of like the biggest marvel films of all times if it's not it will be definitely after his passing so so me me and lisa are chilling and her niece facetimes her saying like hey you know chadwick boseman just died and we both was like what so we look it up, stage three, colon cancer. The guy was hiding it all these years while he was, you know, doing this thing that people love to watch him do. And it was crazy. I was like, man, he really went out. He went out really strong. He didn't make any excuses or nothing. I respect him a whole lot more for that because it kind of came out of 
nowhere that he had cancer and he just passed away. And Facts. he and to me, he fought till the very end. And it sucks because there was a photo going around a couple months ago. I, my timeline could be off where he looked a lot slimmer. And I remember seeing that photo and my initial thought was like, oh, maybe he's losing weight or maybe it's like for a movie role or something. I didn't think anything of it and I moved on. Yeah. But apparently there was people that was like bullying or not bullying, but like kind of clown him about his weight loss or whatever like that. And I thought that's messed up because I'm like, little did anybody know the guy was dying, you know? He was right. literally he was literally dying. And it and it's super sad, man. It's super sad that he, he gave us all these historic characters in, in these movies that he played. And and it sucks that even though that he was still doing these movies for us, for our entertainment, the guy was dying doing what he had talent and what he was passionate about. And I feel like he deserves more than just his flowers. The guy got to be, he has, like, we got to treat him like what he is, you know, a legend. And nothing bad, he was one of those actors that never had any controversy outside of the movies and nothing like that. The guy kept to his business. He did his movies. You know, he did some activism with, with other activists and stuff like that. But nothing bad with him at all. And I think with him passing away, it's it's a real it's a real hit. You know, I think LeBron was like, we lost Black Mamba and Black Panther in the same year. Yeah, it's Jesus. crazy, man. It, it's crazy. And it's just like, you know, definitely rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. And... You know, I I saw 42. I thought 42 was a good movie. Of course, we all see one of the highest grossing movies of all time in Black Panther. And you're right, Spence. You know, Black Panther broke the barrier saying like, hey, us black folk, not even just black folk, but like, hey, us minorities, you know, we can we could definitely be more than the typical hood movies or drama movies and shit like that. That so, and then on top of it, just being in, be able to be in those other markets that they don't typically promote to, for us so so yeah. often. So, yeah, it's one yeah. of those things where it's like, um, you know, I've been watching a lot of videos about kind of just the person he was like in life outside of like his acting roles and whatnot, and seeing as the how he was going to visit um, like children who were dying of cancer, you know, all this time while he was dying of cancer, and um, you know, apparently, I guess. Uh, Denzel Washington had paid for his tuition in order to get into acting school. And, um, you know, he, he had no idea who he was, but I mean, like he was essentially saying, Hey, like I wouldn't be here without Denzel Washington. Like he seemed like a, he seemed like a stand up guy. And it just like one of those things where it's like, I, when I, when I see him and I see the way people are talking about him, like, I think it's great because, Black Panther was a moment, you know what I mean? Especially for the black community, it was a moment, you know what I mean? With the soundtrack and all the other things that happened around it. Like it was a, it was a pretty big deal. And, you know, I, I think it's, if you were alive or around for that, um, you know, that time period, you just understand how, the impact that that movie had. But the right. thing is, is that like, I think we also have to realize that at the end of the day, this guy was, was battling cancer and was in multiple movies and did not, did not say anything to anybody probably outside of his group of people. And he did all these things and he visited all these people 
and didn't complain publicly about it one time. And like, there's a lot to be said about that. Like there's a lot to be said about that type of person. Like I, I know that, you know, we've all seen people battle, like battle cancer and just like see the, the toll that that can take on a person. And it's like, you didn't say anything once, like I, you got to commend him. And I think we have to look outside of him being a black Panther and really look at him being Chadwick Boseman because like at the end of the day, the things that says about the character of a man are phenomenal. And like, you can't, nice. you can't really take that away from him. Like, it's like, I, I understand why people are so hurt because it's just the things that that can say about a person, the things that you do and you don't say a word about it, even though like you're struggling with like something that is literally killing your body. And, right. you know, you're here for all, for all these people and you're still, you know, handling your, your, your contracts and your obligations and whatnot, you know, you got to applaud them. Yeah, it's true. Legend. It's exactly. It's a, a legend within himself. Like only thing the, and I agree with everything that you got, both of you guys have said, like, I think the one thing it, I think of the most is the conversation me and my mother would have, right? Because he, he makes a lot of movies that we've, he makes a lot of movies with a lot of positive prominent black figures within our history, right? Or with some of them, right? And me and my mother were talking. We are like, yeah, you know, like... And I remember following his career as he was going from being James Brown to the Jackie Robinson movie and everything. And it was like, oh, this is like... I don't know who this guy is, but he's building a name for himself quick and fast. Like, when you look at... Even outside of, like, his, his TV career, right? His filming career within itself. You look and you're saying... He did all of this within six years, about six or seven years, right? Probably 2011, well, 2013, 2012, I think is when his movie career started. So he's done, he's done almost pretty much, he's done what, four prominent black figures. He's created four black prominent figure movies, movies with that are about four prominent black figures, one being a fictional character, of course. But nonetheless, it's like, it shows you that if you choose not to complain about the things that are going on in your life, and granted, I think we all have to find ways of venting and making sure we're like mentally healthy and physically healthy, right? But if you're able to say, yo, let me take what I'm going through and leave it at the door and just be focused on this, I'll be, it's not necessarily saying that you'll, it'll be easy, but your fight You'll be fighting. You'll be fighting in the right direction, right? Instead of worrying about on the "what was me" mentality, or what a lot, what one person, one gentleman said to me once, of just being not being part of the the eighty or eighty five percent of people that choose to be a victim in life, right? And this isn't a racial thing or anything like that, but just due to circumstances, like building it, pulling yourself out of whatever your circumstances as best as you can, right? You have people that are like that, but then you have someone that you have people that do complain and then you have the people that choose not to. And you see just looking at his body of work and his catalog, you say to yourself, it's what most actors try to strive for within a career he's done in six or seven years, which is just something that we've never seen. It's something rare. And then he gave us everything he needed to. And then God called him and took him away. It's, it's sad. My prayers go to his family, his friends, his loved ones, his fans, everybody in the culture and community that have been affected by it because it's, I think though he's an actor, I think it's a lot of what he represented for us as a culture and people just in terms of like his relentlessness, definitely after hearing high pass 
and recognizing, hey, this guy knows how to to try to maximize it. He tried to maximize his success no matter the circumstances while still giving back, like you said, talking to kids that had terminal cancer and so on and so, so forth. So it it's a sad situation, but I think it's uh, something, a lesson for all of us to learn in it, right? And I see it a lot with like, you see, and you see different things in the media. And I think as time is changing now, we're, we're starting to see a space where people are more conscious of, things being B.O.B., right? And and for those who don't know, it's Black-owned business, right? Like, having, like, a B.O.B., you recognize, like, hey, sometimes I need to, instead of complaining about the circumstances, I'm going to take the leap of faith on myself and try to strive for whatever I'm looking for. And I think a lot, in the recent week with everything going on, reflecting on Chadwick Boseman and just going through the ordinary week of my life, I think I see a lot of I see a lot of that, especially with this fight that Joe Budden's having right now, right? With this podcast from the Spotify thing, and then he followed up in his the episode following that. It was more about like people that have something to say. It shows you like okay, Joe. Long story short, that podcast has chosen to leave Spotify, and they've chosen to actually take their career, their talents elsewhere, to be announced. But at the same time, they've noticed, hey, we rather we we're making so much money for you guys that we rather go make this money for ourselves, and willing to die on that cross. And instead of complaining about oh the unfair treatment or what you don't like about the about that space, they've chosen to say, hey, we're just going to go and do something else somewhere else. So it's so. an interesting situation because it's one of those things where you know I listen to both the. The I don't want to say rants or tangents, but essentially what they had to say about the situation between them and Spotify. And um, it's it's interesting because, you know, the Joe Biden podcast is not, you know, a thing without Joe Biden. So it's like it seems like they undervalue him, if anything else, because like he's talking about, hey, like I'm sitting here, I'm producing this. This is all me. Like you, it runs through me. And the only thing, the, the people who are getting paid the most aren't me. That doesn't make much sense. How can you come in here essentially take and try to add and try to change everything that I'm working on and then still pay me the least when it's my thing that people are coming for? It's not the extra ads that you're trying to put in here. It's not, you know, all the other stuff and whatnot. And then on top of that, the negotiations just seem kind of iffy for, for quite a period of time especially the thing with the watches. When I heard that, I was just kind of like, all right, you know what I mean? Like, but that's, that's, that's the, that's, but see, that's the gimmick that they use in, in rap music. But what, hey, though, like, hey, you, you guys aren't used to this. Let, hey, matter of fact, matter of fact, let's go, let's go buy your car, a new house, not knowing it's coming from your own money. But look yeah. though, right? Like it, it's one of those things where it's like, don't, don't tell me you, you're going to get me a watch. And it's like, okay, I pick out a watch. And it's like, hey, not that watch, a used watch. It's like, okay, cool. Hey, not that used watch. Um, how about Man, this other thing? You know what I mean? Don't offer me a watch. Don't offer me a watch. That's that's it. That's really it. Don't offer me a watch when it's all said and done, yo. Because cause to, uh, to me, the thing is, and sorry to cut you off, the thing is to me is like when you offer me a watch, you're, you're, to me, that's like spitting in my face, right? Right. You know what we here for? I if if I don't need I, if I'm I've been carrying you guys on on my back, pretty much. You guys have created multiple episodes, multiple shows, 
that haven't succeeded more than what mine has. They may generate more income if you have six or seven. To Charlemagne's point, if you have six or seven shows in the top 10 or top 20, yeah, they might help generate more income. But that income is really founded. The foundation of it is on me. Don't if I'm giving you if I'm making you a hundred million dollars, don't tell me, oh, listen, two hundred thousand dollars is your budget for a watch. This is a this is our thank you. No. Give me cut the check. Cut the right. check or give me some options. That's right. it. I don't have Spotify. So I don't I don't ha- I have to wait till the shit comes out on YouTube to really catch anything. So the latest thing that I caught was him talking about where he was basically comparing the situation to like a strip club or strippers. So that's yeah. the that's the latest that I got from it. So I have to wait till whatever new stuff he puts out on YouTube. But just my take on it, I I from what I've heard so far on my end, I agree with Joe one hundred percent. And I think that these these companies and labels, right, they always try to take advantage of the artists, right? Because if you're if you're in the podcast game you're you're in a sense you're you're an artist entertainer whatever you want to be you categorize you're an artist yeah and i feel like that they've been taking advantage of of people like that for a long time so joe he comes from a a very vile and and corrupt rap industry game so he kind he already knows the games that's been played so he i feel like he has every right to be like no i'm not standing for this shit and he has also every right to explore his options when his once his contract is up. I feel like other places are going to value him a lot more than what Spotify is. Now, Spotify could turn the tables and offer him something gigantic, but at, you know, at this point, I don't know if Joe would even if, if Joe should even take it because if it's like if it had to get to the point where he's like, you know, ex- publicly expressing his disconcern with the company. It's like, why are you going to come back now to to offer me something greater? Just because I'm, in a sense, exposing or or really saying, like, what you guys are doing to me. It's not impossible for there to be a deal made that could work, right? Right. But I think a lot of it has to be, I think it wouldn't, I think a deal wouldn't work because of, like you said, like, this is all based off everything that's happened now, based off the, the storm that's been put out there. This is what's happening. And on top of it, if you can't go, if if we make a deal and in the contract it says, hey, I get a bonus of whatever X amount if I hit these numbers and it's and I meet that incentive, you don't turn around and say, oh, well, we'll give you some watches or, oh, all right, cool. We'll uh, we'll give you we'll give you the time that you need. Uh, we'll give you the money that you want. And instead of the bonus, you say, oh, well, let's give it to the fans for Christmas. Nah, we'll just keep the money then. Don't even worry about it. Like, yeah, nah, you can't do that. Like, it, and it's one of those things where it's just like, hey, look, like if we're if we're making you this money, it's like, I got a I got a food place. You know what I mean? Right. And me and you have talked about it. Like, I'm the chef. The people are coming here for my food. It's like, all right, cool. Like at some point in time, like you're gonna want to be compensated for this great food that you're making, or it's like you can take your business elsewhere. Because at the end of the day, they're coming here for my food. And it's like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I'm giving you, um, you know, da-da-da-da-da. I'm paying you X, Y, and Z. It's like, okay, but they're coming here for me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. your, your big ZD wouldn't be shit without me because I'm the one who knows how to mix it all right. I know how to do it. So it's like, you either need to fix it 
or I can I can damn near sell the big ZD by myself. Yeah, but <laughs> see, but see, that's where what happens with that is I think I think then it becomes a conversation of like, hey, and, and you have the right to feel that way when it's like, yo, you're opening up several restaurants because of me. Yeah. And because of the way I make the food here, you've been is giving you a leeway to create other rest to make other restaurants to allow you to grow. So I understand that from that standpoint. But from a capitalist standpoint, I understand how it works. Like I paid you for your services. Now, and typically he wasn't getting ga- he wasn't trying to be gaffled by the the typical way that that incentives and increases in pays work, right? Where hey let's hey let's base it off what you did the past two years, okay we could do that but let's if we really want to be honest, what is the value he's basing off what is the value that I've given you guys, and what is the value that I need moving forward, at the end of the day, and that is where the quest that's the conversation really becomes where it's like yo, you can't sit here and look me in the face and say yo you guys should do this and that and. Oh, we want control over everything. And then you say, oh, well, then you try to beat the tabloids by saying, yo, we we gave him everything that he needed. We gave him him more money, but you want to exclude the fact you you gave me more money for everything that I do, which is essentially a 360 deal in hip hop, which for people listening, if you're not familiar, a 360 deal is I signed to a label. And once I sign to that label, any way I make income becomes part of the the income of the label. No matter if they put participation in or not, no matter if it's merch, acting, commercials, whatever way I, I, I create income because I'm an artist, they get a piece of it. So that's the same as a 360 deal, which, which hell no, I wouldn't do that. Definitely if you guys are paying, this is the place that I make the, I make the most impact. My impact is felt the most because of this platform, but I'm getting paid the least out of anything else I do here. So it's like I understand that. And then having the kind of side with Joe Budden when it comes to his talks on Charlemagne. Charlemagne and and Gilly the Kid, because I had to go back and listen to them. And I heard like the stuff, well, Charlemagne more of. And her his thing was whole his whole thing was maybe you just have a problem. Maybe if every job you go to, if every job you go to you have an issue. Maybe you're the problem, which in reality, it could just mean maybe you don't, maybe you got people like that in history where maybe they're not supposed to work for somebody else. Maybe you have people that get fired and can't keep a job, but somehow they can keep a business for themselves for 20 years. To blame it solely on Joe Budden and essentially saying like, hey, like, I think you know your value, but you don't know how to necessarily uh, communicate that. Yeah, negotiate. It's like, well, if you're not working with some scumbag people, then that should that really shouldn't be too much of an issue because they'll see your talent and want to work with you because you're talented because you're the artist you know what I mean because you're the one who are making the content we're putting out and we recognize your value and we can find a way to communicate with you. Communication is a two way street, you know what I mean. So you can't just blame that on one person. You can't blame that simply on Joe Budden. That's not the way the shit works. Right. I mean, but you also you also have to realize like yo. Even if I'm not going to blame it, I can't blame it on one person in, in particular. But I also know, hey, sometimes the reality is, and I hate saying it this way, if you work for somebody else, you're not going to get paid your worth. That's no. just the that's the end all be all, and it, it and it doesn't matter how much money you make. And I say that because with no offense to anybody, but the reality is, 
if, like Master P said, right, if these people are willing to give me a million dollars to sign on now, how much money do you think I'm really worth? Because if they, if you, someone's willing to give me a million dollars to put out something for them on with them having their name attached to it, how much money do you think they're going to generate? Yeah. And if they're able to generate a hundred million off that one million dollars, did I win or did I lose? Even if even if I can't generate the hundred hundred million dollars that they're generating, right? If I'm able to say, well, with what with resources that I have, I can get us to fifty million dollars. I'd rather make the fifty million having all the control that I need in comparison to owning a hundred. But knowing, hey, my con- I can't control things how I want to. I can't be as creative as I need to. I get silenced. Like, I'm stifled within this company. And all of that stuff plays a factor into the person. And that per- and I still have to be that person that you signed years ago that can create create this content still. So, like, I understand it. Like, I totally, I totally agree with them. And I'm not going to necessarily say they're scumbags, but it's... Is business at the end of the day. You look at the look at the McDonald brothers. They right. they took a they signed a royalty on a handshake. They didn't even sign anything. They did a handshake for a royalty, which they I think they put at today would be valued at like three billion dollars or something like that. That they never got any money from. But who's to blame for that? Ray Fry. Like if you, I'll tell you this. Anybody listening to this, watch the founder. I want yeah. to know what your opinion is because. Depending on what your opinion is of the founder, you you see it depends on how you see things. Because someone says Ray Frock is wrong, some say the McDonald brothers are wrong. It's one of those things where it's like you know at the end of the day, like they don't they don't necessarily have to be scumbag people, but it's like you want to work with people who know your worth and who are willing to at least make you like a commendable deal. You know what I mean? Like, and it, it, what it, is it, a commendable it, deal? Though? Well, hold on, hold on, wait. That's what I'm about to say. Like at the end of the day, like you got you got a point. Like you're not going to get the money you're worth because nobody's going to hire you and pay you the money that you make for them at the end of the yeah. day. You, you won't. Yeah. The it only won't way you get, happen. yeah, the, the only way you're going to get that is they, they have to make more money off of you to make it worth it to them to hire you in the first place. You know what I mean? If you keep the lights on, then it's like that money's going towards the lights. It's not going <laughs> towards you. You know what I mean? That's, that's just the way it works. Right. And that, but see, that's the funny thing. Like, and I think, that's where it's like it gets tricky because like yeah even if i'm spending that's the that's where i think the issue comes right if i if i keep the lights on here and you guys have half a half a billion dollars to spend on other places to for other acquisitions right how can i expect you guys to make the necessary changes within my contract for me to get the accurate amount of money that I need. Because even if I'm keeping the lights on, well, you guys got half a billion dollars to spend on competitors. All my competitors at the end of the day, the people that you want to, the people that will possibly dethrone me are the people that I work, that that are on the same label as me. And they cannot beat me. If they cannot beat me at this point and and you guys put out a half a billion dollars and you're saying, hey, my work is keeping the lights on here, I need the money that you guys are spending. If you if if my if my work put, keeps the lights on here, well, what is the extra money that you guys have left over after expenses are paid? What's the cash flow? What's your cash flow like? How what do y'all have sitting around that I can use because we deserve more than that? And no one, like you said, no one's going to give you that. No one's going to say, "Oh, you got you generated a uh, billion dollars for us." 
it's like that in all facets of entertainment, right? Even going over to sports. That's why every year there's always talk about money when it comes to sports because look at all them franchise owners, you know. A lot of them, if they did play sports, it was just on the playground on school. They never went to a professional level. But business, they're extremely business savvy, and they, and that's why they own franchises, right? But they're never going to pay their athletes nowhere near than what they make, even though the athletes is what's putting the people in the stadiums, buying all the merch out, buying everything out and shit like that. I I feel like that it's always it's always going to be it's always going to be a problem for entertainers in the entertainment realm to always ask for more money or get more money and the only way about it is for you to go into business for yourself like for example like the you know real quick like the rock right the rock has his own production company that's why the rock is the highest paid hollywood actor like two years in a row because he works hard and everything that you see him doing is through his his own company. Yeah, he'll have a right. deal with Netflix or a deal with like Disney or whatever company, but it's more like a partnership versus them signing him on board to do something for them. Let's say he he works with Disney and he, hey, you got to do X amount of movies or something like that. He's not going to get he's not going to be the highest paid actor that he is. He's not highest paid actor because he's doing everything through his himself. Shit. Yeah, yeah. Him, himself. And I and I totally agree with you on that because like you look at you can look at other act like The Rock or Kevin Hart or even Will Smith where they've all the empowerments that they have within their career is the fact that, hey, this is I own this. Heartbeat Productions, um, I forget Will's. I think I forget what is the name of his is. It's like something that Will you Smith? wouldn't even Yeah, Will Smith's production company. And I think when you look at even like like you were saying, like the NBA players, right? The the NBA, for example, essentially, um, you see how like the owners they may not have the physical skills, but they have the business savvy and the business acumen to know how to create deals and so on and so forth. But what's actually interesting about that is like, like I, I think players now are starting to become more empowered because even there was an article I was reading, uh, I think it was in the Times, where they were saying how speak because they were speaking on the boycott and they were saying how the boycott with the players is actually it shows how it's the NBA is becoming more of a co-op instead of it being like a work a worker and a boss employee relationship more of and you're seeing now how like the player the NBA players for instance like with this whole Jacob Blake and Kyle Rittenhouse thing um where the players actually protested. Well, before I get into the whole protesting, like the, the what what spurred the this protest that happened earlier in the week was the the shooting of Jacob Blake, where he was shot, I believe, seven times in Wisconsin, right? Seven times in the back in in yeah. Kenosha. Kenosha, yeah, he, he was yeah Kenosha. Um, he was shot seven times in the back in Kenosha, and like I think you've seen people that had something to say about it unfortunately and even like you had people that I didn't see much about people saying anything about the incident in particular but I think you saw a lot of protests well you saw a lot of backlash to towards the NBA protesters and the the athletes from the WNBA MLB and NBA where they got backlash from other sports and athletes because and even entertainers because of the protests being that 
this this whole Jacob Blake thing and the Cal Rittenhouse thing because people that are that aren't aware the whole the Jacob Blake thing was he got shot by the police and unfortunately luckily he survived I believe right and he's like I think he's paralyzed now unfortunately yeah he's paralyzed I I believe from the waist down and Jesus there's there's a lot of controversy about the whole thing kind of like you know of course you're always going to have opposition and detractors but uh from from what i read apparently there was already a warrant out for his arrest and the the police arrived for i forgot why the police arrived but there was already a warrant out of his arrest and as he was going to his vehicle you know the one of the officers you know shot him seven times now Let's stop right there, right? But here's my opinion on that whole thing. Whether the guy was a bad person or not, right? I, if you have more than one police officer at the scene, and it's not like it was a, a separation of distance between him and the police officers, and he had, you know, he had like a Glock 40 or like a Draco, and he was letting it, letting it go, they were like literally behind him, and I feel like there was other ways of detaining him and stopping him instead of letting off seven in his back, right? Right. And I feel like there's going to be parties saying like, "Well, you don't know because you're not a police officer. You don't know that if you reach in a car, your instinct may be to shoot, or that's what you're taught to do with a blah 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 blah." And I get that. You know, I don't know. I'm not a police officer, and I'm not aspiring to be a police officer. But I think that seven times is somebody back, to me, is not out of fear at all. I feel like it's kind of like, okay, the way it's perceived is like, hey, this is a black man. I don't like black men. I'm going to shoot him. And it's throughout the whole history of police brutality, there's been multiple cases of over excessive force against people that you're supposed to be detaining or arresting, whatever the case may be, you know, hence George Floyd months ago. So I feel like this whole argument of like it was justified for the people that think it was justified that he got shot seven times, I think that's wrong. It's really wrong. You know what I mean? It's, it's, this is why people are upset, and this is why the protests are happening, and this is why it did happen months ago, because of stuff like this. It was over, it was over excessive and not needed. For whatever the reason he was, I felt like the dude, he wasn't, he didn't come out and he didn't start shooting off rounds and all that stuff. At that point, it is what it is. You know, he was asking for it. But, you there was there was enough time for them to stop him before he even reached to his vehicle. Right. There was it, enough time. And right. and, it, okay. and they decided to still let off seven. Let let it off. And this is why people are upset about about it, right? I don't know the history of Jacob Blake, right? I don't know if the guy was what he did wrong and what he did right. So I'm not I'm not trying to advocate him advocate for him for like who he is as a person or nothing like that. Cause I, I haven't read up enough on it, but what I will say is just from a human being perspective, 
Like you're right there, right? If if he did something wrong, then stop him. Don't try to kill him. You know what I right. mean? Don't. You know. I, go go ahead. You know, one thing that kills me about it is, is exactly that. Like it's it's one of those things where it's like if if you had all the time in the world to try and detain him, to try and stop him, to try and do anything in the world. Like, why did you just let him, like, why, why did you wait until he was getting in his car to shoot him? Like, you know what I mean? Like, and, and at that, shoot him seven times in the back. Like, now, if you know anything about self-defense laws, like, which, I mean, I guess this also kind of, like, ties into this Kyle Rittenhouse thing. Like, if you shoot somebody in the back, then you not it's not self-defense at that point because you had that person is essentially at that point not a threat because they're not facing you somebody runs into your house i I would say that's more or less the case then if they try to get out they're running away which means at that point they're they're not coming after you in a um i should say i should say a malicious way kyle rittenhouse the the kid who ended up going to the protest yeah it's one of those things where it's like i supposedly and Nobody knows the facts, so let's make that clear first and foremost. He supposedly got a gun from his mother, went to the um protest, and was running. Why is his mother giving him a gun? He's like yeah, seven. It, it, it's one oh, of those, yeah. it's one of those things. I know it's crazy. He's seventeen. His mom gave him a gun to, I guess, defend himself out there. He uh, Yo, if you need a gun to defend people. yourself, go ahead, my bad. <laughs> I, I know, I, I, I know, I can, I can, hold on, hold on, wait, hold on, hold on, because we're going to talk about it. So, like, it's one of those things where it's like, why did you have the gun in the first place? Why are you running around shooting people like you're in GTA? Like, I don't even want to say that, like, because, why, no, like, you're in a video he was in GTA. Game. Like, it's, it's crazy. He thought, she, he, it, thought it's crazy. He, he thought the point that he knew he could walk up to the police and tell them, hey, it's me. Well, no, hey, I mean, don't he, shoot. Like, what to me, which makes... Not only did, not only did he think it, he did it, and he was like, yeah. "Hey, hey, I'm here, I'm here, y'all." Like, just letting y'all know, I'm here with with my gun. You know what I mean? That shit don't even happen in GTA. The cops will light you up in GTA. And this yeah. is supposedly after he killed people. So yeah, after he killed two people. And I think I think the thing that's making people sick about that situation is that the fact that you had this guy with a motherfucking assault rifle, right? I don't know exactly what kind of assault rifle he had, but he had an assault. It, there you go. He had the motherfucking AR, and then the the police they didn't try to detain the motherfucker like that. That it the only the only reason why the guy got arrested or whatever because he turned himself in. The fucking police weren't looking for him. The motherfucker turned himself in. He turned yes. himself in. He, like, and then the initial story came out of like before people got into nitty gritty with him was, hey, they're destroying my property. They 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 attacked me, so I can't. So I, so I, you know, retaliated out of self defense or whatever like that. Turns you know, out, dude's not even from there. He's not even fucking from there. He Who, showed the up Cal there. Right now? Yeah, yeah, he's, he's not, not from there. From at all. there, he's, Harley, not. he's not. No, no, no. he he dri- he drove there. Drove there. Yeah. So like, that's someone with that's man with that's, intent. Uh, if you if yeah. you're going to a place with with lethal yeah, rounds and yeah. you're like you're you're ready to do some shit. Like you're not. Yeah, you're not he said that anything. in the video. He said that in the video. He said because I was watch. I went before we started recording. I wanted to double check over some of the stuff because that Calvert and House thing. It was. Oh, when I when I think when you guys sent the news to me, I think 
I didn't really, I didn't understand it. And I, to me, I'm just, I'm at a point now where I don't want to see people getting killed online. Like, I feel like, like I've already, I've already said that to y'all. Like, I think the normalization of murder on video is just like wild to me, right? right. So, like, I didn't watch it at first because at first I thought this was like someone that was on the side of the protesters. And then I'm like seeing, and I remember seeing on uh, Dunkin' Donuts being trending on well it was trending on twitter for a bit and it had something to do with the whole dylan roof thing and then that's when i i was able to connect the dots of like who this kid is right i don't even want to pronounce him by name anymore he doesn't even deserve that right agreed agreed like you're right like this kid he says in a video oh this is for oh no they were like are there non someone asked on camera is this non-lethal he said no these are lethal arms to protect us yeah Yep, and it's I've like seen that video too. And now that you guys are saying, oh, this is something where he came, he drove there. Yeah. Like to drive there, there's there's a certain level of intent when it's all said and done when you're doing that at the end of the day, right? So to me, I, I see it there's a lot of there's a lot that could be said in terms of anger and upset and but then also understanding like it is what it is, unfortunately, because well, look at this, look at this, right? They're saying that he is defending himself because people in the crowd were coming after him, like saying, "Hey, get this guy who's who's running around with this gun." Like, I'm sorry, if I if well, there's somebody going just... around shooting people, then yeah, maybe you should try and stop this kid. But but no, yeah. but on like let's rewind a little bit before he started shooting people. Right, there's a midst of a protest going on because another unarmed black man got shot. Right, whether wherever your stance is on that, so there's a right. protest happening. Then you see a motherfucker with a motherfucker AR-15 in the fucking crowd. Please don't tell me that you don't think that nobody's going to be startled or or worried about that. They're going to be like, well, hold the fuck up. Nobody else got guns except for police officers. Why is this motherfucker with an AR-15? So you, I can only imagine somebody's kind of like, yo, is this motherfucker? Like, you know, they're probably thinking like, I need to either defend myself, get away, blah, blah, blah. Like, that is not normal. Be so very can, aware of this person. Exactly. exactly. So, so how can you fault somebody for being like, yo, dude, what the fuck are you doing here with this fucking gun? If nobody and else is strapped up like that. And on top of that, you have to remind yourself that people people that are protesting are probably looking at it from that standpoint because you in one of those videos, you see a lengthy line of people that are anti-protesters that are all strapped with like AR-15s and assault rifles, right? Various assault rifles. Like, it lets you know already just human nature, I think just in terms of survival instinct, you you identify things and you match it in terms of pairing, right? And if I see, hey, a lengthy line of people that are anti-protesters and I see you over there and you're dressed like the anti-protesters with a assault weapon just like the anti-protesters and on top of it, I believe like an incident that happened, there was an incident that happened prior to like that day or whatever the case may be, or, or it was earlier in the day, like Nigel was saying, right? Like whenever that incident was of like the dude saying, hey, some people came at us. So we, I got people to come down here with trucks to help defend us, which makes no sense to me. If I mean, I feel as though if you feel as though that is your need, you should call the police. Yep. Being that you're, if you're an anti-protester and you believe in, and I, to me personally, I, 
I don't think the the notion of defund the police means to take money, all the money from the police, right? So yeah, like, people have that mixed up. You're absolutely right about that. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're good. Like you, most people. I think some people when you hear defund, they think bankrupt it, but it's not bankrupt. It's taking money away, right? Hey, let's use some of this money for whatever else that can actually better the community, right? You see, when you have something like that. I feel as though if you're on the opposite side of anything that's that or anything that's quote unquote police related, you should probably be calling the police. You don't. You shouldn't be getting together like this is like some gang war and you're saying, "Hey, yeah. I feel like I've been attacked, so let me call up the homies and we go and double back and try to get whoever's there." But like, but look, like, right. to, and it's, and it's to me, it, 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 to me, it just doesn't make sense. It well, does, to me how, doesn't make sense. How do you feel attacked when you had to travel there? Well, well, here's the thing that about that, right? Just piggyback off of what you just said, Nigel. It's in a sense, he's like, look, I don't like these fucking black people. I don't like the protest shit. I'm going to take matters in my own hands. That's exactly right. what he did. He tried to be a hero for his own fucking cause, you know, not realizing the, you know, what he really was is being what they like to label black people a fucking thug, you know, a fucking criminal. The and his mom should be in jail, too. He had no fucking, I mean, that's why he's being charged now. He, he had no fucking business showing up to the protest and trying to take matters into his own hands. Like, exactly. he, he was 100% wrong. And it's, it's crazy because the motherfucker got a GoFundMe and motherfuckers out there trying to, you know, of course, you already know, racist folk, trying to support the motherfucker. I'm not sure if you saw, but like doing that whole protest, like, because Brian Erlacher said something in the midst of the protest, right? from not just the not on the streets but with the NBA right and he was saying how oh you know there's there's players that are there like oh that's what it was he said about Brett Favre and how Brett Favre's dad had died and he still came out and played Monday night football that night and ended up having like some of the best stats he's had in a while during that game right and he was saying how well, I don't understand how players can't do the NBA players can't do the same. Like, there's no reason for he could eat a to- dick. He could eat a fucking dick because I'm gonna tell you right now, Isaiah Thomas, his motherfucking sister died, and he came out and he played in the fucking playoffs and he balled out too. So it's it's not about an individual basis. It's about the fucking fact that another unarmed fucking black man got fucking killed, and it's a and it's bigger than just one fucking person. So he could eat a motherfucking dick for that. It's not an NBA thing. It's a it's a fucking community it's a whole it's a it's a great people thing yeah it's a people thing man he could eat a dick for that one exactly like because i mean to me and it it didn't even pay me because i was like yo i we can we can dissolve his number as far as i'm concerned like his his number i don't even i don't even remember what it is now I think Ray Lewis is the greatest linebacker ever, there's, there's, <laughs> <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Because he he also there's also in this article I read, they also showed where he liked the picture. Where granted, I'm not big into the whole liking stuff, right, right. But like, found I, to me, it's a little invasive based on what people like in terms of like posts. But he liked the picture uh, a post that said like free um, free Cal Rittenhouse. So like, I think. I know, I will say this, I know the Bears, they came out extremely quick and said, we have nothing to do with this. We do not, Excellent. we don't have, yeah, because they, they know exactly what it is. And they say, yo, we have nothing. To, his opinions are his opinions, nothing and, to do with us. Well, also, 
Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You're good. Uh, yeah, and you know what also pisses me off about why this, sh- why the NBA is getting like shitted on about this shit. I don't like so Na- not NASCAR. The MLB they postpone games, but you don't hear the fucking you know people crying about that that much. The fucking WNBA they cancel games. You don't really hear people crying about it that much. The fucking that's the, the NFL they did it before the NBA fucking boycotted before the Milwaukee Bucks boycotted their game. The NFL was canceling their fucking practices, right? They're canceling their fucking practices to help make a statement, but nobody was fucking complaining about that. The only reason why motherfuckers are complaining about the NBA doing it one because you have fucking the the biggest black athlete in the fucking um, game today, LeBron James. And the NBA is dominated by a majority of fucking black players. And that's why they're fucking crying. Because I didn't hear this fucking outcry with MLB when they canceled their fucking games. And like it's 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 fucking we're gonna pick and choose when to we when we wanna complain about shit. And it's fucked up. It's fucked up. They, they're not harming anybody. The only people that they're harming is they're harming is the franchise owners' pockets. But fuck them because they got enough money that they could lose out on a day's pay. You know they what I mean? They could lose out on a year's pay. But yeah. You, yeah. Dr. Umar, um, he said, you know, Brian Erlocker has a black um, baby mom. So, I mean, you know, I guess he huh? doesn't care about her. Hey, man, I'm just telling uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm Dr. Know, Umar put out there. Well, you mean, yeah. let me let me pull it up real quick. Hold on, wait. Doctor Umar put out a statement about uh, Brian Erlacher. He wasn't he wasn't too fond of what he had to say. I mean, that reminds me of well, not necessarily him, but it reminds me of this Vice uh, documentary I saw years ago, and it was with a, a biracial comedian who, to me, he looked like a black man at the end of the day, like in terms of like his his features, right? So he was doing an interview with this guy that was a white nationalist. And at the end of the whole thing, cause he's like, he doesn't, he doesn't like anybody that's not whatever his beliefs are. Right. They're KK related. Right. Right. And what ended up happening was at the end of it, we found out, Oh, he has a child that's by Indian woman. And he's like, Oh, that was just like something that happened before. Like I'm, I'm, like pretty long story short, he was just like whatever to it. Long story short, like he he was just like yeah, those are my old beliefs. These are my new beliefs. And I think you see like in the NBA, like you see like a lot of stuff like this now, where a lot of people's a lot of people politics and their beliefs we're starting to see everywhere. Where, yeah, it, but I think it's always blended everywhere. But I think now it's becoming more of a conversation piece because it's like oh, you have because eventually. Eventually, when it when you recognize definitely with something like race in particular, right? Because it's just right there. You can't. You can't. It's hard to hide behind. It's hard to hide a person's race because it's just blatantly because it's on their skin, right? Right. But when someone has something that is that devalues another race, it begins to make you look at them and then who's surrounding them, and that's when you have a situation like a Brian Urlacher where. Hey, he says this, and if anybody that's that has a stamp has a stance or understands what's going on, definitely when they have when they're involved in the quote unquote the oppressed cultures, like when they're impre- when they're intertwined with someone that's from an oppressed culture, you say to yourself, "How can you look at the world this way when your your friends are under this strife?" That would be like that would just be like saying of 
just having any bigotry to anything and then but still being friends with someone like that like well, here, or having a kid by someone like that like here, it just makes no sense to me here's my thing right it's one of those things where it's like when you're when you're in a sport where you i would say not even a sport it doesn't have to be something you play when you're part of an organization that's so mixed with people whether it be from any creed race color you know sex gender whatever the case is like etc you know etc you should be able to look past yourself and say hey you know what i mean like this this is bigger than me like maybe i should maybe i should take a step back and look and see what they did with it you see the nba they boycotted many games this 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 week when the playoffs when all when the stakes are the highest they said hey we're not going to play we're going to sit back and we're going to let things happen lebron james didn't play biggest basketball Man. player in in the in the world on the earth right now that's living said hey biggest now athlete in the biggest, world. biggest athlete yeah and he decided to not to not do any not play you know what i mean that is a big deal like I respect the NBA. I respect what they're doing. I really respect the WNBA because they they've been holding shit down. Like they are not taking any of that shit. And I, I respect it. Strong women in the WNBA really putting their stamp on everything that's going on right now. Really standing strong during all these times. Like it, it's they are like really the leaders, the WNBA, and how they're handling all of this. I have nothing but respect for them. Exactly. Like I same here. Like I've seen. I've I've heard a little bit about what the WNBA has been doing because I've been mainly focused on the NBA, just because that was just what is like in the what what's been in my face. Long story yeah. short, right? Um, but even with the WNBA, like I've been keeping my eyes on them from here here and there over the past over the course of the past few months, and like they've always held like just again like the women always hold these women are holding it down, man, and you see where it's like damn it's like. Like they're going to the point. I think they've even they. I think they had jerseys where it was like they all had seven shots on the back. Yeah, seven shots on the back. Um, I don't know if it was them or if it was another team that had like. I think it was Brianna. No, it had Jacob. I think it had Jacob's name. They put Jacob's whole name on like all of their jerseys by putting a letter on each each uh, jersey. So like. And I believe that was the WNBA. Like they've been hold, they've held it down to like to a T, and it's like it's something that's commendable. You want you have to praise them for like. And I don't care about like. Granted, I don't really care for people like Brian Urlacher or even someone like Enoli Chopper saying like, "Yo, like protesting isn't going to change anything." Right? Definitely yeah, with, definitely uh, with like his his. Granted, he had. I I don't really care for his views. Long story short, I'll just leave it at that. Uh, man, uh, and I uh, give a fuck about his music anyway. So he, can, <laughs> he could he uh, could join he could join the the Eat a Dick some. band too. Man, uh, he can the Eat a Dick band. We got Brian Urlacher yeah. and Ellie and Ellie Chopper. Yeah, and Ellie Chopper is the lead singer because he actually that's the title of this artist. And then, and then motherfucking <laughs> then motherfucker Brian Urlacher, the fucking drummer. Yo, like honestly though, like I I. I agree with you, Spence. The WNBA, the women there, they deserve a lot of credit because they Absolutely. they were they were first to do the whole national anthem thing where they like walked off the court yeah. and all that stuff like that. Now, I I respect them. They should get some credit as well, and I'm glad that they're not being chastised like the NBA and stuff like that. And I feel like that the a lot more athletes 
are starting to take, you know, across different genres of sports, they're they're starting to take uh they're starting to become more aware, like, hey, look, we're blessed to have the platform that we have. Let's really use it and let let people know, like, hey, guys, even though you watch us and we entertain you, but be aware of what's really going on and right. pay attention to this because the shit that's going on is not right. And I and I respect that, that, you know, that's what they're doing. Now, as always, you're going to have opposers and detractors. Oh, just play the game. You're getting paid so much money. And what I tell those people is, like, eat a dick. Nobody gives a fuck about your opinion. It's just, it's, it's, really, it's, that's what it is. You know, people that's trying to do the right thing or trying to do good things, you're always going to have people talk shit about them. And right. I, that's how it goes. So you just got to tell them, motherfuckers, hey, fuck you, eat a dick, dickhead. You know? I mean, listen, listen, I mean, I think, I think, Green, like, Everything that we talked about on the show so far, I think it kind of, I think it kind of goes to that from someone like Chadwick saying eat a dick to to cancer, to like to Joe Budden saying it to the whole Spotify, Spotify, Spotify and Charlemagne and Gilly, to even like the NBA players and like well athletes in general saying like, hey, well most well all athletes to some extent whether they're on one side of the fence or the other. Um, all having that notion when it comes to like just this whole issue of like, yo, like, listen, bro, we not, no one, I think people understand now more than ever their value, right? Like, I think the value that a lot of these art, a lot of these people have now, whether it be artists or athletes or any form of entertainers, especially, or even someone that works in a, in, in corporate or somewhere like that or any type of job where they realize, hey, I'd rather take, I can take my talent and I can build it for myself. Because at the end of the day, what they always say is no matter what you do, if you work somewhere, you're building someone else's dream, right? And that's all it comes down to, to some extent. And when it comes down, when you look at it from this standpoint of players realizing, yo, I got power in this. I don't care. Y'all might not think I have a lot of power. You might tell me, shut up and dribble. You might tell me, hey, you're not a politician. You're not an activist. You're an athlete. You can tell someone all of that. But at the end of the day, it's just like those stories you hear about play. You hear about people that came back from wars, post pre-desegregation, right? You see these people come back from wars and they said, hey, I still come back here. I'm still treated like a second-class person, right? And it's because of the social climate at that time due to racism. So, so here's my thing, right? Like if you're going to say like, shut up and dribble or anything to any athlete, just make sure you have that same type of uh, sentiment all the time for everybody. Because like, you know, we all, we all know what happened with Drew Brees early in the year. Like Drew Brees had a few things to say. He said, look, I stand up for the flag and da, 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 da. Oh man. He's so commendable. Oh, yeah, I stand up for the flag, too, da-da-da-da-da. It's like, no, bitch. Like, if you're going to say that about LeBron James, regardless of his views or opposite of yours, like, have that same type of sentiment towards Drew B's because at the end of the day, if you want people to shut up and dribble, shut up and throw, shut up and run, then that's what they're going to do no matter what. Even if you like what they're saying, shut up and dribble. But it's like, no, we don't want our athletes to do that unless we don't agree with them, unless they just have some type of viewpoint that we that we find to be irrelevant, even though it's for the rights of everybody. 
Right. I mean, I think a lot of that has to just do with people being forced now to, we're in a space now where you have to see things for what it is. And I think a lot of people, because of whatever their belief systems are, their social norms, and the way they've lived their lives, and it's not, this isn't just necessarily a one race in particular or a group of people in particular, but I think it's, and you see it in the workplace, when change has to be implemented and we have to resurface things that have been the hurdles or up or the uphill battles that we have to face, whether it's a company, look at society as a company, right? If those hurdles that we, there's hurdles that we need to still face as a, as a company, we are going to go we're going to face those things, but we're going to have to face in order to face those things. There's going to be people that don't like it. There's yep. going to be people that are upset. There's going to be people that wish that we could have did more X, Y, and Z. So I think, and the same breath, I think you have a lot of people that they don't want to keep the same energy because when you're dribbling a basketball, you're doing what they came to see you do versus when you're deciding to stand up and say, Hey, I don't like what's going on. Or, Hey, I'm kneeling or, Hey, I'm protesting. Or, hey, I'm not, I'm not uh, speaking, I'm not singing the anthem or whatever the case may be. I think a lot of people that see stuff like that, they are uncomfortable because it, it forces them to address whatever the issue really is. Well, my final thoughts is Brian Erlach can eat a fucking dick. He could eat a, he could eat a, a, a dick, you know. I, I wholeheartedly... This is what we should have Tiana Taylor in the back. Or Tiana I, Trump in the back. I, Huh. I mean, if you can uh, find it real quick and just play it. No, like. I'm not playing it. <laughs> <laughs> I wholeheartedly disagree with what he says about that. And, you know, that ain't cool, dude. And just like Dr. Umar says, you know, I guess that, you you know, your black baby mom don't matter neither, nigga. Jeez. But, Jesus. um. Speaking of pitting people against each other. <laughs> yeah, but with that being said, though, with that being said, and since we're on the topic of sports, just to touch on things real quick, did you guys hear about Dana White saying he's building up a, a UFC hotel? So you're going to have to explain that to me. I don't know exactly what's going on. So a, a couple of weeks ago during like a post-press conference, I think this was the Edgar Munoz post-press conference. I could be wrong. Okay. Um, but Dana White was saying, hey, I'm building a UFC hotel strictly for the fighters and i think it's great i think it helps the bubble environment even more and also it probably saves the ufc a lot of money too it's because he's been paying he's been buying out hotels like every fucking week Jesus. so yeah that just goes to show that you know the ufc got some bread but i think it's great i think that's a great bubble environment and i think other sports except for the nba because they they they've already doing that other sports could do that as well. You know, they could take this and use this as example to help their, their environment. So yeah. this way people aren't getting fucking caught for coronavirus and shit like that. Just think yeah. about p- paying for people to stay at the Marriott every fucking weekend. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like hundreds of people, man. Like that, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of money. I mean, I think, in the long run, I think it's what's up. I, I I salute him for that because from a business standpoint, I think they'll probably use that down the line. I wouldn't be surprised if, trust me, I'm quite sure. Where is this hotel at, actually? Is this oh, in Florida? Las Vegas. 
Yeah, I was gonna say I think it's gonna be a Las Vegas because oh, it's all the man. Listen, all the fights are happening there. Listen, I'm gonna tell you like this: if Dana's smart, that hotel that he builds is going to be a huge hotel that can accompany most of those fighters that the fighters and fight fans. Yeah, because more than likely he'll when all this is over with that hotel is still going to stand. Oh yeah, and he's yeah. probably he's going to use if it's in Vegas, he's going to use that for. Fans or possibly for our fighters or something like that. He's going to find a way where that generates tons of money down the line. And in the long yeah. term, definitely when you look at how much they're spending now and versus how much they're spending and the amount of money that that can generate down the line, hopefully that works out for them. But I will say, outside of just the business standpoint of it, the hotel makes a lot of sense also to protect the fighters, like you were saying. Protect the fighters and also not have to worry about, hey, who's actually getting contaminated by this disease, right? Because, like, yeah. you look at someone like Eon Kudabella or something like that. I think that's his name. He uh, His fight got pulled last night, I believe, because he had po- tested positive twice. Yep. Now, had that environment... Now, the question to me when I saw that, when I got that update, I was like, the only thing that can affect it is the environment at the end of the day. And if, clearly, if you got it once and you came back and got it again... It's the environment that you're going into. So I think yeah. building that hotel, it actually minimize the the amount of interaction people have to deal with, for one. Yeah. So uh, shout-outs to Dana White and the UFC for doing that because that's a huge move financially for them. And I hope someone brings a French press so they can uh, they take a note from uh, uh, from what you call them. So. Hold up, y'all. I have no idea what's going on. Yo, make sure you get Where's the dope? Stick. Where's the dope? Where's the dope? Where's the dope? Where's the dope? <laughs> yeah, where the dope at? Where the dope at? <laughs> Listeners, y'all, by the, for the first time ever, we got a visitor while we're, uh, while we're recording. Next up, boom! <laughs> I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit! <laughs> <laughs> get on the ground! How are you? I promise. Can we cut y'all grass? grass? Uh, I'm all right. Thank you. All right, you're welcome. Appreciate it. Have a good day. Damn, he can't support the black-owned business. Yeah, come on, come I mean, on. I, 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 I cut my own grass. Like it's a, it's an older woman. Yeah. Like she should be outside. She should be out enjoying her Sunday somewhere. Yeah, she trying to get money. <laughs> I, I and I respect it. I respect her hustle, but you know I can cut my own grass. I don't, you know. Thank you, but no, thank you. I'm all right. <laughs> Umar would be upset with you, I'm sure. Hey, shouts out to Doctor Umar, man. He's He's up in Wilmington smoking a smoking a uh, game somewhere. Black. Yeah, the 99, two for 99 blacks are games. Oh, speaking of shouting out, um, shout out, well, it's not, well, shout out to the Griselda camp because I'm not sure if you guys are familiar, but they lost um, DJ Shea, I believe. That was like oh. someone that was very prominent in their camp. So, RIP. Yeah, yeah. that's unfortunate. Yeah, it's unfortunate. RP, uh, best wishes out to them. Shout outs to them because I know I did see where it pushed Westside. Westside was pushing his album back, which is crazy to think he's got another project to finish this year off his his debut album. Like apparently these are, have all been like just projects up until this point, but this is supposed to be his debut album. He's pushed that back, and I don't really know what's happening. With like I, just with that whole Griselda camp, but I don't know what's happening. But I saw a video recently of Conway getting locked, getting arrested, and leaving a funeral. Apparently, so I'm not sure what's up with that, but definitely hold his head on that one. So, 
Yeah, definitely unfortunate to hear that. Um, you know what I mean? Hopefully everything's all right. Also, I don't I don't know what the difference between everybody's debut album and just normal projects are anymore at this point. It's like, <laughs> who, who knows, man? You know what I mean? Like, it's a project. They're all projects at the end of the day to me. Because it's like, <laughs> you hear, like, they're... I- it, look, man, like I saw an album earlier today that was seven tracks long and like 20 minutes long. I'm like, that not that an EP? It's an album. Yeah. They call it an album. So, I mean, whatever. It's tricks now, man. These people be tricking all of, like they be not tricking all, but they be tricking the consumer because they just, it's a late, I think that's a thing with the labels, man. Because like you see someone like Lil Wayne, especially like he, I don't know if y'all saw on the timeline, but there was like a huge um, reception by people that. That his that shit was getting put on um No ceilings. Yeah, no ceilings was getting put on Apple Music. Like and people were covering it like it was an album, though it's a mixtape. Like I think artists today they just call it whatever. Yeah. I I honestly I, I seen that and I was like, Oh cool, it's like a little homage to back in high school days. But that wasn't the real no ceilings project he put on there. It's like half of it is fucking gone. Yeah, it's sampling things. Say that yeah. again. I'm sure sampling rights and whatnot. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Actually that was a question I wanted to ask y'all. What's up? So like with like the no ceilings thing, right? On Apple Music, there's like I think like Lyle said that all the tracks are on there. I think it's like seven tracks not on there, probably due to sampling issues or whatever the case may be. Okay. Like, do you feel as though like these at these 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 mixtapes that are like coveted pieces throughout from our childhood should should they get put on Apple Music even though they won't be the full thing, or should they? Because because like granted, you still have platforms like live mixtapes and that piff. Like well, yeah yeah, I'll say yes or no, right? Because the majority of music I listen to is through Apple Music now, right? It's kind of crazy that I live in a time now where all my music comes through a subscription service. But that's, that's I think wild. that, but I, I think that's just how the game is now, right? Majority of people listen to the music. They listen it through Spotify, Apple Music. God, I mean, like, you know, God help you if you listen to Google Play or whatever like that. But, yeah. you know. Hey, listen, but, man. I, I listen. I like, uh, we like all DSPs if you're paying us. Well, you know, <laughs> Google, Google Play is going away. It's yep. getting, uh, YouTube it's music. Oh, shit. Yep. Yeah, going Fuck into YouTube music. <laughs> <laughs> well, look. Also, um, apparently, Aaliyah's um, uh, supposedly her discography is being put out to listen to, so you can listen to more than a woman, one in a million, really? boat. Yes, and I will be listening to that shit if it's on there. And I, I think it's good. Yeah, that, 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 see, yo, you listen, walk into Naja, listening to four page letter. <laughs> hey, man, look. Aaliyah puts off some good music, man. I'm not going to not listen to her shit. You're crazy if you think I'm not. She did. I, 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 I think that, you know, like, it's good for, for artists to put, like, their old projects and their old dis- discography on the streaming platforms because I feel like, one, I mean, it's going to help the artists generate more income, whatever. But for us, for us people that have streaming platforms to listen to our, our music, it's it's a good, like, cool, we don't have to... We don't got to figure out a way to download this and put it on iTunes or, or get it on our phone somewhere. We could just go ahead and fucking, you know, go go ahead to Apple Music or Spotify, whatever, look it up and, and just listen to it. So to me, I don't think it's a bad thing. Now, it does suck that because of licensing issues or sampling issues, 
that we can't get the whole shebang. Right. But something is better than nothing with some sometimes. Yeah, true. Uh true. I'll I'll leave it my opinion to just be this that I agree it's it it is beneficial for us that we can listen to everything on just one streaming platform. But the de- I think the biggest downside is like that nostalgia gets taken away because of the sampling issues and clearance issues. So we don't get to have a, a f- granted, I wasn't a huge no ceilings fan, but I remember yeah, but- what it did. I remember what it did when it came out. Exactly. It broke the, the internet was broken. Super impact. So yeah. it, I don't know what has more impact that or Christian orange juice. Because you talking, I think, I we think, could have another podcast about that, <laughs> like a whole one. My pity, cushion, my pity, cushion OJ, because that that it made it made a guy's fucking career. Yeah, but <laughs> well, how about we save that for another conversation, man? Yeah, All let's right. uh, let's All get right. off of here for now. Y'all got any final words for the listeners or anything like that? Oh, um, yes. Go ahead, Spence. My bad. Well, I was going to say. Yeah, he was ready to get this over with. Yes. Oh. <laughs> it's like, damn, all right, relax. Like, you you will like, talk to the listeners. Like, it's like, yo, any opinions? Yes, Black, Black Lives Matter, and you've been highly advised. Eat a dick, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, um, my only opinions, the only thing I want to share with people is that Big Sean is dropping a new album pretty soon. And oh, if you guys don't know, I think tomorrow, I think Monday night is Monica versus Brandy. So I'll be, I will be checking in for some of that, just for some nostalgia. Other than that, though, man, life's good. I can't complain too much. Uh, I, I probably actually go back and listen to some of the some of the comedic speeches from the week, if you guys know what I'm referring to. So um, yeah, other than that, I'm just chilling out. And that's it. So you guys got anything else to say? Yeah, I do. <laughs> no, nah, but, nah, but for real, though, like uh, tomorrow is the start of the new school semester. So my classes start this week. And uh, so I'll be pretty busy doing school once again. Yeah, I'm also doing in- classes. Yeah, bro. You know, I I'm getting cl- I'm, I'm getting close to that bachelor's, bro. So the grind that's is almost up. finished. Ooh, that's yeah. Up. Listen, I'm gonna tell you like this, you're gonna love it because now that I'm done, I don't even know the classes started. That's why when you say, Yeah, we got classes, damn, y'all still doing classes? Man, it's one of the best feelings ever. I kid you not. You're, yeah, man. If anybody that's listening to this is going to school or going for any type of educate, post education, trade school, whatever, certifications, whatever, trust me, once you complete this shit, it feels a thousand times better. Like it's just a burden lifted off your back. So keep finish this semester strong. Start strong and end strong. So yeah, I can't. I can't fucking wait, man. I cannot wait. But that's what I got going on. Um, me and Lisa, we got some stuff going on too. So the September here we are. September twenty twenty. Um, I don't really have much going on. I, I might have a good opportunity coming to me this week. Uh, if y'all hear this, you know, give me your prayers and. You know, good vibes and all that other good stuff. Like, hopefully, some uh, good things come my way. Um, hopefully, good things come your way too, listeners. You know, I do care about y'all as well. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll say this: um, I was on so clean. I was on so clean with Kathleen this week. Um, we spoke about a few things. Uh, so, shouts out to her. If you have a chance, check out her uh, podcast. Really Ooh. cool. You know what yep. I mean? 
Um, shout out to her. Shout out to her. Shout out to Nonchalant G's. He's putting out some clothing. Um, big Mike. Big Mike. You know what I mean? Holding it down for people here. Um, was one of my dudes. So, yeah, definitely um, just look out for them. They're trying to make something out of this world. You know what I mean? But, I mean, other than that, Thanks. other than that, I don't have much to say. Y'all, um, oh, listen. yeah. Um, anybody listening, Cypher Click dropped, out a, dropped an album like a week ago called Things Went Left. Definitely check it out. Shout out Cypher to Click. them. Shout out to them. The, the album was really good. So, I definitely advise you guys to listen to that. Oh, and anybody listening to this, Follow what Tony Braxton says. She wished she had more sex in her 20s and 30s. So anybody that's saying about getting married soon or whatever, don't settle down yet. Have more sex. Have more fun. Don't listen to that advice. It's a person-to-person thing. It is. That's what, that's what I, I can agree to that. Wow, close this Shut up. Look. Shut up. You guys have been highly advised. <laughs> Damn. He <laughs> <laughs> so, so, fuck, wow. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, you guys, guys don't know what y'all talking about, man. Don't listen to these men. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm turning it off, yeah. All right. You guys have been highly advised. <laughs>